The scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, or chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. And we didn't print all of verse 40 in your bulletin, so I'm going to read it. But just so you know, uh, verse 40 doesn't just say and. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read all of it for us. But hear the word of the Lord from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When, his, when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations." a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that would be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, a daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them, at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel, redemption of Jerusalem. And when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their town to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, this text that we're looking at is actually kind of, it's what happens after Christmas, okay? So, it's, it's December 26th. We're thinking about, like, Christmas has, it's come, and for my family, what that meant was, because my kids are young adults now, meant that Jamie and Bentley, our dog, uh, we were the only ones up at 7.00. Back when my kids were young, that was, that's what the clock had to say before they could get out of bed. If it doesn't say 7.00, you have to stay in bed. Well, now we're like, it says 9.00, we need you guys to wake up, you know. So it's a little different. But we, we come down, we're making coffee. Jamie, we have little things we make from uh, little cinnamon rolls and bacon, and we're feeding Bentley bacon. Like, we're, you know, everybody's having a good time in our house. The kids finally come down. We open our stockings, and then we start unwrapping gifts. And I did actually get some gifts this year. I'm grateful for that. Um, but this one gift Jamie bought for me, she was like, okay, I'm really excited about this for you. It's like, okay. So I opened this gift, and um, I'm like, yes. It's exactly what I wanted. It's a coffee mug that keeps your coffee warm for like four hours, you know, and it has a little app on your phone, and I can see just how dead the battery is because it's not lasting as long as I want it to. But it's a really cool cup. And she was excited about it, and I was excited about it. And the thing about gifts, um, the thing I love about them is, obviously, I like the gifts, right? I'll, I enjoy that. But the fact that someone who loves you and cares about you and thinks about you, and the context of a relationship says, ooh, 
Brad would like this, like he would like this coffee cup. Um, and as we think about Christmas, and you think about who Jesus is, and, and what it means to know him, you've you got to understand, Jesus was sent in the context of a relationship. God the Father sends his son as a, he's seeking to fulfill a promise that he's made. And he doesn't just randomly send Jesus, he very purposefully, Jesus fulfills prophecies from the Older Testament. They come true when Jesus is born. Simeon sees it, Anna sees it, Mary knows it, Joseph knows it. They're all seeing this gift that God's given to the world in the context of relationship. And they're being invited in. Christmas, as you think about Christmas, you know, the gifts are great, that's fun. Um, meeting for Christmas Eve services are really special. We had a really special Christmas Eve service this year. But the thing that God wants us to really latch onto that makes those events so significant is that He wants us to understand a relationship, about having a relationship with Him. That God has loved you since before you opened your eyes for the first time. That God will love you throughout 2022. That he's loved you every single day of 2021. And Christmas is meant to be like an exclamation point where he says, there's nothing I won't do. I will even send my son to dwell among you, to remind you of my presence with you. Have you, have you thought about Jesus like that? Have you unwrapped who he is? Well, let me kind of, let's walk through this text together a little bit as we consider that desire for God to experience relationship with him to see him for who he is, to actually look toward his promises, to acknowledge when they happen, to see what happens to the soul when it does. And so, in verse 22, we read that the time of purification rites required by the law of Moses had come. Joseph and Mary take Jesus into the temple. So this is after, you know, Christmas Eve, right? This is after Jesus has been born. And Mary and Joseph are taking Jesus to the temple. And when they get there, this man Simeon sees Jesus and as soon as he sees him, he's like, wow, like the Holy Spirit, as we read there in verse 27, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him up in his arms and praised God, saying, so Jesus is, is still a child here. He's not quite 12 years old. You remember when he was 12, he goes into the temple and he amazes like the teachers of the law. So this is like toddler Jesus or something. He's very small at this point. And, he, and, and he's picked up by Simeon. And, and Simeon takes him up, and we read these words about Jesus. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. So for Simeon, for his whole life, and really this is what the entire Older Testament is about, has been looking for God to send his son, the Messiah. He's been looking for the Father to fulfill his promises to him. And the Holy Spirit, this is mystical, you know, none of us have probably experienced this, but in a very special, mysterious way, the Holy Spirit tells Simeon, you're going to see the Messiah before you die. And that's what happens. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. He's not saying you can send me out of the room. He's like, okay, I'm done here. Like, I have now experienced everything I need to experience. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. So for Simeon, he sees God's promises, he's been looking for these promises, and once he experiences them, he is something called satisfied. He experiences peace. If you were at our Christmas Eve service, that's one of the things I talked about. That if you're wanting to sum up what it is God might want you to really experience this season, is he would want you to experience having peace with him. You don't have to wonder if he loves you. You don't have to wonder if there's some grudge he's holding against you. 
You don't have to wonder even how to approach Him. The Scriptures tell us that we come to Him, as we read earlier from Isaiah, He shows mercy. He pardons. God's chief goal for you this season is to know that Christ brings peace on earth to everyone. Simeon sees this and he's satisfied. Then, verse 33, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Now, Joseph and Mary have seen a lot with Jesus, right? Like angels, Mary's pregnant, Joseph has a dream to name this child Jesus, and he does, like, they're still marveled. Like, they see this promise again, and they continue to marvel at what's going on with their son, Jesus, the one that they've been entrusted to raise. And as they're, as they're hearing this, Simeon says, your child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. He'll be a sign that's spoken against. So, you know, if you have children, you can understand this. But just imagine someone tells you, hey, just so you know, your kid is going to get bullied a lot. Like, this is going to be really hard. You know, if you've ever been bullied, you know what that's like. And he's saying, look, this is going to be bullied times a million. He is going to be mocked. He's going to be bruised, as the prophet says. He's going to be spoken against. And the reason is, is so the thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul, too. So as a mother, the, the Simeon's saying to, uh, to her, listen, your son's going to suffer, and it's going to hurt deep. But remember this, sovereign Lord, as you've promised you may now dismiss your servant in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation. You know, I don't know what all happened for you this year in 2021, but in the midst of suffering, what is it that's meant to bring us hope? It's the, the constant reminder of this relationship that God wants to have with us to bring us peace. Even in the midst of difficulty, there are things that Mary will see that she will encounter that Simeon's reminding her about. Look, Jesus is going to divide people in some ways. They're going to have to choose if they think he's the king or not. And we have that same thing, responsibility even today. You know, where do you stand with God? Christmas is beautiful, but where do you stand with your relationship with Jesus? If there's even a tinge of guilt as I say that, you need to hear the rest of what God says. There's grace. There's mercy. The goal is not shame. The goal is for you to be free, to experience peace with the Son. So, then we come to that verse 33. The child's father and mother marvel at this. Simeon blesses them. He tells them these things are going to happen. And then they kind of go out from this place. Then we meet Anna. Verse 36. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. So Anna at this point is 84 years old. She was married for seven years. And then she's a widow. And she, this is a unique calling, not everyone was called to this, but she was called to be in the temple and to worship and to fast and to pray and to serve in that way. And then Anna sees Jesus. And how does she respond? This child is, uh, I'm sorry, she says, um, come, uh, verse 38, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When you think about actually seeing God for who He is, how, what's your response? For Anna, it was, this is the one who's going to bring redemption. This is the one who's going to bring mercy. For Simeon, it was, this is the promised one. When you think about approaching God, what do you see? Now, I think I've told some of you this story before, but when I was younger, about eight, eight or nine years old, I think, I think my parents gave me a BB gun for Christmas. It might have been for my birthday, but I'm remembering Christmas because, you know, the whole Red Rider thing and you know, Christmas story. But they gave me a BB gun. And my brother and I went in the backyard, and my dad set up these targets, and we were just having a blast. 
And then it happened. A suburban came around the corner. And Joey goes, I wonder if you could hit the back window of that suburban. I said, I don't know, man. It's pretty far off, but let's try. So I tried, and it was a bullseye. And that window shattered on the back of that suburban. And so we did what any boys would do. We ran inside the house. We hid the gun. We went to our bedrooms and pretended like nothing happened, right? Well, my neighbor, because he knew these two knucklehead boys who lived down the street, came down. There was no yelling. There was no screaming. He said, hey, here's what happened. I don't really know what my mom and dad said. I mean, maybe I've blocked out some of it, but I know I was grounded for a long time. They had to pay for a window, and that was surprising to them. And I remember even now as a 45-year-old, and this happening so long ago, just like the fear of having to face what I had done. And I don't know what that is for you. I mean, I can laugh about it now. I didn't hurt anybody, thankfully. Please don't shoot the backs, windows out of Suburbans, children, if your parents give you a BB gun. It's a horrible idea. I regret it immensely. But the guilt and the shame and the fear about what's going to happen because of what I've done, even at that age, I felt it, and I was so afraid. You know, God comes right in that moment to bring grace. Yeah, there's consequences. A new window has to be purchased. Things have to be dealt with. You, you were given a responsibility, and you abused it. But the goal is not the shame. The goal is to get to the next part of the relationship. Where can you experience freedom? Where can you experience grace? For everyone in this room, there's something that you think of, and you're like, okay, take the last five years. I'm sure you've got more. But there's something you probably think of where you're like, ah, I wish I would have handled that differently. What do you do when you want to handle something differently? The Scriptures call us to confess our sins, to acknowledge our weakness, that the thing that defines us is the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, the relationship we have with God above even our own sin. That's what the cross is all about. That's what makes Christmas so particularly special is that God offers mercy. Now, I called my brother yesterday on Christmas. I said, Joey, how was Christmas? He said, oh man, everybody's kind of in the Christmas slump right now. This is like a noon or 11 o'clock. I go, why? Well, because his kids are so young, they've been up since 6 a.m. Presents have been opened, and like the two younger, his two younger children are sleeping on the couch, and the two older kids are upstairs playing, you know, putting their new clothes on or doing whatever they're doing. But all the activities kind of like it's happened, and then like it's, it's gone now. And, you know, the Lord wants you to realize that his relationship, his desire for you to know the wonder of Christmas. Yes, we celebrate during this season. That's a very good thing. But the wonder of knowing that God has come to be with you means you're no longer alone. It means your sin no longer defines you. It means there's a hope for you. It means you're part of a people. Part of the way in which God works, yes, is to give us the scriptures, but also to work out our faith in the context of a people so that we can be gracious to one another and remind each other of God's love even in our relationships. Simeon reminded everyone to look at Jesus as the promised king. This is the one that's been promised. Anna reminded everyone to look at Jesus and say, this is the one who brings redemption. This is the one who actually brings redemption for all of Jerusalem. It's comprehensive. And then we come to these last verses. Verse 39. Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord. They returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. Now, we might miss this, but if you'll notice, I think four times in this text, we read something like the law of the Lord was fulfilled or they did what the law of the Lord required. Do you know why Luke is doing that? He's doing that because this is the book of Matthew here, the beginning of the New Testament. The entire Older Testament is being fulfilled in what Jesus does. 
He's saying, okay, they're doing this, and it's, it's now intersecting with who Jesus is. And so Mary and Joseph are being faithful, but then verse 40, the child grows and becomes strong. He's filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. To have a relationship with Jesus means you're with the one who is all wise. He has wisdom. You're with the one who has grace. You're with the one that has grace for you even though you don't know what comes ahead. Because here's the deal. I came here in 2020. In the summer of 2020, Brad Wright shows up as the new pastor of Grace Presbyterian Church. And this was my prayer. Lord, this church has been through a lot. How about 2021? Let's let that be a year of rest. And we're just going to be together and enjoy your goodness and like have church and like we're going to do things and it's you know, just let's just like can we breathe please Lord that is my idea of what we need in 2021 I know your grace is sufficient I know you're wise I know that you're you're good I know Jesus is strong I get that but but here's my prayer for the year so January was going great and then February came and Ash Wednesday came and our the place you're sitting right now was covered in water, two inches or more. The walls had to be pulled up. The playground looked like a disaster area. The whole building was ruined. And I was like, uh, this is not what I was thinking 2021 would be like. And I remember walking through the building saying, Lord, I don't know what comes next for our church. I don't know what comes next for us, but I, need, I know that your grace is sufficient and I need us to experience that. Like, would you be gracious to our church? I don't know what you, maybe you want us to like not be a church anymore here. Like, I, I don't know. But whatever you want, I know it's good. We're going to trust you. And here we are on December 26 in 2021. And this was more of what I had been hoping for and been planning for. But after 21 weeks, I think, of meeting at the Woods Edge, Jeff Wells let us meet there. And then we met for Easter with Scott Pollock at Faith Bible because we didn't have a building. And there were other things last year that I'm sure you dealt with. Unexpected things in 2021. Here's the thing that we could expect to happen in 2021 that did happen in 2021. God was gracious. God was present. God was with us. The road was not exactly what I thought, but it's actually ended exactly where I hoped. And, and if you take that and you like expand it into your life, that's really what God, God wants for you. He promises to be with you. He promises to be gracious to you. I don't know what 2022 is going to hold for you, if I were going to guess, it's going to have unexpected struggles and unexpected joys. And if you try to base your life on those unexpected troubles or those unexpected joys, you can expect that it's going to be insufficient. What God's inviting us into is to trust in His grace when we encounter those 2022 unexpected trials. To trust in His grace and celebrate His goodness when in 2022 we face those unexpected joys because, just like Simeon found, there's peace. We can be satisfied in Him. Now, this is the last worship service we're going to have in this building in 2021. This is it, the, the end of the year. And um, my, my prayer for you and my, and my prayer for myself and for my family is that maybe this 2022, we can start out with that same prayer. God, be gracious to us. Be faithful to us. Do great things among us. And when we face difficult things, let us remember what Simeon remembered that you're the king. Let us remember what Anna remembered, that you're the redeemer. Let us look to Jesus for what he, what he grew to be, the one who is all wise and all strength, all strong, and the one who has grace for us, that this year God's grace might be sufficient for us as it always has been, okay? So Merry Christmas. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to celebrate the supper.
Lord Jesus, um, sitting on this side of 2021, um, I'm just so humbled and grateful and thankful that we get to do something as simple as be in our own building with the lights on and a beautiful piano and be in the presence of one another. With all that we've endured this year, yet here we are, and, and we acknowledge your faithfulness in that. And we thank you for the work of your church, for people being gracious and generous, for people opening their doors to us during this season. And Father, would you, as we end 2021, help us to look and see Jesus as Simeon did, the one who is the promised child, that we would look and see Jesus as Anna did, the one who brings redemption and restoration. Lord, that we might call out to Jesus and that we might even say, Lord, grow us in our relationship with you this year, that we might understand your wisdom, that we might grow in our faith, that we might look for your grace and find it and see that you are good. Take these things, apply them to our hearts. By the power of your spirit, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.